No success in the world can compensate for failure in the home. That's why Club Wealth was founded, to help driven, successful, and busy real estate agents like you double their business while building a strong, balanced home life. Join us each week as high-producing agents and team leaders share their stories and unpack the principles and systems they've used to double, triple, and even quadruple their business while enjoying greater quality of life. And now, here's the latest episode of Club Wealth TV. So we should be live any second now. I like to just kind of ramble on when we first start with this because Zoom and Facebook don't love each other apparently. And it never tells us exactly when we're live, but I'm pretty sure we're live now. So what's up, Facebook? Hey, Michael Hellickson here uh, with Club Wealth Coaching and Consulting. As you can tell, I'm super low energy today. Uh, and so we're uh, we're trying to dial it in. Just kidding. Hey, I'm super excited. Today we are talking about nailing new construction lists things now, not tomorrow, but right freaking now. Uh, and I see Leonard Benjamin has joined and watching. I'm going to guess that that's probably not Leonard. I'm going to guess that's probably Cherie uh, from her recliner today. Uh, so Cherie, good to have you. And I'm sorry that you're not able to be on co-hosting today, but super excited that I do have co-host Mr. Brian Curtis in the house. He is the, the host from Bentonville, Arkansas. For you guys that don't know where Bentonville, Arkansas is, neither does the U.S. Census Bureau. It's not a big deal. Uh, it's kind of one of those de facto say, I'm just kidding. It's this metropolis inside Arkansas. So from now on, when you think of Brian Curtis, and maybe we should change your name on there, Brian, so it shows that you're from Arkansas. But just so you guys I'm not know. from Arkansas. I just currently live there. So maybe yeah. we can forward and not talk about that anymore. <laughs> yeah, you know what? We're full of Midwesterns, though. We have Arkansas, Kansas, Missouri. All of us are small towns. Dude, we literally got like the entire Midwest on the show today. It's awesome. So, or I should say that we've got like the real estate agents responsible for the vast majority of production uh, in the Midwest are on the call right now. Exactly. So, that being said, guys, uh, Brian is from Arkansas. So next time you have a referral in Arkansas, shoot it over to Brian. And uh, then we've got, of course, Coach Don Schultz who is from Kansas, which if you don't know where that is, just click your ruby red slippers together and you'll figure it out. Uh, and just keep saying, there's no place like home. There's no place like home. And if the twister catches you up in it, which it usually does, uh, then uh, you'll be back in Kansas in no time. Uh, and I got to tell you, the last time I saw anybody from Kansas on TV, it was a gal in a moo saying, I can't believe Mabel's house went up in the tornado. She had my crock pot. Uh, but I don't know. Anyway, that being said, uh, is that bad? No, not okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then we've also got Kelly, I should say Coach Kelly Revore from Missouri. Uh, and, and I'm probably pronouncing it. Shouldn't it be like Missouri? Or something uh, like that. How do you pronounce Missouri, Missouri, Missouri sometimes? Yeah, Missouri. Yeah. So they don't say Missouri. No. no, Southerners say Missouri. Is that how it works? Okay, yes. got it. Okay, We're not Southerners. Well, being from Seattle, I probably shouldn't pronounce it that way either, but I'm super excited. You ladies are killing it in new construction. And uh, look, I got to tell you, right now, when people really want listings bad, this is a topic we need to be talking about. And we need now, there's a lot of, of nuances, not only around getting new construction listings, but 
around understanding how to keep them, how to leverage them, uh, and then also understanding timing around new construction. You know, as we uh, are in the market shift and as we take a look at, you know, what's going to happen and are, is new construction going to boom? Is it going to shrink? You know, what's going to happen with new construction? I got more questions than answers. So that being said, Kelly and Don and Brian, thank you guys for being on the show today. Let's jump right into it. Uh, Kelly and Don, talk to us about new construction and why should we be interested in new construction right now in this market? Kelly, you want to go ahead and start? Nope, you go ahead, Don. Okay, so so for me, you know, listing inventory has been um, just beat into my brain. Got to have listing inventory. Got to have listing inventory. So uh, when I started. Oh, I want to say in December of 13, I knew that I needed to find a niche. I'm a transplant from Oklahoma. So my sphere was zero. So I had to find a niche. Um, and my niche and what I went after was a certain section of my market uh, and went after new construction. So I wanted to learn everything um, that, that I could about new construction. I saw that there was an opportunity for significant listing volume. And when you have that kind of listing volume, obviously you're going to pull your buyers if you're, you're leveraging those listings correctly. So that's kind of my, my background and story in regards to getting started in new construction. Well, and you know, I think you're hitting the nail on the head in terms of listing volume, right? I mean, obviously the big advantage of new construction over you know essentially any other type of listing out there is that you, know, you don't get just one listing. Generally, you're going to get you know, 10, 20, 40, 50, 100, or several hundred listings all at one time. Uh, now, of course, that brings with it its own set of challenges. But dude, I mean, inventory is what it is, man. Inventory really helps us leverage and get more inventory. So I'm all about it. Kelly, what are your thoughts? Um, I totally agree. I love working with builders. There's so much fun. Um, and a lot of times the emotion is taken out of it because builders are all about dollar figures. So there's not the big emotional attachment to raising your family in this home. Um, if you have the opportunity to interview builders, absolutely start doing that immediately because that's really going to be a game changer for you. Okay. So let's, let's talk about that for a second. Okay. So I'm a new agent or, a, or maybe even an experienced agent and I want to break into new construction. How do I get my foot in the door? I mean, you know, pun intended, I guess, but you know, how do I, how, literally, how do I get started on this? How do I get in with that first builder? How do I get them to be even interested or willing uh, to interview me? And, and even, I guess, start even back further than that. How do I figure out who to talk to with the builder? Well, I'll take that one. So how I got started was I identified who I wanted to do business with. I got, um, uh, I started previewing the new construction uh, homes. And I also wanted to check out um, on the MLS, how many days on market was it taking these guys to sell these things? And, and who's got it dialed in and who's wanting to grow? It was really important for me. You know, I wasn't interested in, in somebody that was doing two, three, you know, spec homes a year. I wanted somebody with volume. And so that was my target was who wants to grow their um, building business and their construction business. Um, and then I went after them. I'm like, all right, this is, they're currently working with, you know, several different agents and it's kind of hit and miss. Um, and my, my strategy was, let me get familiar with their product. What is um, kind of their uh, specialty? What sets them apart? Uh, and then I'm going to bring them some custom buyers. Okay. So somebody else has the listing at the time, and this was four years ago. I'm going to get really familiar with it. I'm going to bring my buyers through until I can pull some custom buyers and I'm going to bring them some solid, solid business before earning their business. And that's how I did it. And I continue to bring them custom buyers until I earn their spec business. <laughs> 
Okay. So backing up just a step, what is that sweet spot? I mean, is it, you know, they're, because obviously we're not going for the builders that are doing a thousand homes a year right away. Mm-hmm. Right. So, Correct. so what's the sweet spot? What number did you look for uh, in terms of, you know, number of transactions they're currently doing or number of number of new builds they're doing now? It wasn't necessarily a number for me. It was the conversation and the relationship and the growth potential, what their goals were. And that's the, it really came down to that initial conversation. What do they want to do in the next two to four to five years? I mean, what's their long, long game. And if their long game was short, I wasn't really that interested to be perfectly honest. I wanted to know that they were thinking big because I was thinking big. Interesting. Okay. Kelly, what are your thoughts on this? How did you go about it? Uh, Absolutely agree. Um, Another thing that I did as well, once, because a lot of times you're working with the other agent. um, And so if you can stop by when you're driving through, just drive through uh, new construction homes and and walk in. And most of the time, especially for builders, maybe that are only a few years into the building um, that want to grow, the builders are on site. So you can just go in there and and start a conversation with them, bring them a cup of coffee, bring in their foreman, some donuts. Um, That's a really good way to get in with them as well and just introduce yourself and say, I'm just out previewing your property. I'm going to bring some buyers to you. And then they'll remember your name when you do bring buyers to you. And you just continue to kind of work with them, massage them um, and approach them at some point when you feel like you are comfortable enough to do that, approach them at some point and just ask them, Hey, you know, I've got an opportunity uh, business plan that I'd like to propose to you. Um, Let's go have coffee or breakfast one morning. So by massage them, I'm assuming you're not talking about hiring a masseuse. You're talking about, you know, just nurture them over time. Correct. Nurture them. That's probably a much better word. (laughs) Just want to be clear on that. Especially especially with the title of our webinar today, I think it's appropriate to be really clear on that. So that being said, okay, so so here's what's what's what I'm hearing. You guys have given some great nuggets already in terms of how to really kind of get in the, the foot in the door with these guys. Um, and, it, it, you know, it's funny because I, I wouldn't have even thought, you know, the whole bring donuts to them, bring coffee to the builder themselves, you know, because especially when we're talking about smaller builders where the actual owner of the company is on site, you know, either supervising or actually pounding uh, nails in with a hammer. Uh, and so that is a great way. In addition to kind of what Don had said, uh, and I think you echoed Kelly in that you you want to be bringing them custom construction projects or at least at bats to have a bid to be able to bid on a custom mm-hmm. construction project so that they can see that hey this is somebody that's actively trying to sell your product or put you in a position to make money building the house uh, and I think a lot of agents aren't doing that so really what you're talking about is it's it's kind of the givers get principle right. Mm-hmm. It, I'm going to give first and then maybe I'll get something down the road, but I'm going to do the best I can to give in the beginning. Uh, and even if it's just getting that buyer, the opportunity to interview that builder, and you could even do this with three, four, five builders at the same time, right? You could introduce that same buyer to the three, four, five builders that you're currently trying to establish relationships with. Now I'm going to assume and correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm going to assume that you guys are being very careful to ensure that you have a buyer agency agreement with that buyer before you introduce them to these builders. Is that correct? Most of the time. But again, we're in the Midwest. Um, A handshake still goes a a long way in the Midwest. (laughs) I'm from Seattle. A handshake and uh, 10 bucks will get you a cup of coffee. (laughs) All right. Unless you're, unless you order like Brian does, he orders in a foreign language when he gets his coffee. So I'm sure it's more than 10 bucks, but so no. I typically have a buyer's agency agreement if I'm if I'm approaching a builder and they haven't even broke ground yet and I'm interviewing five builders for the buyer, then that's when I put a buyer's agency agreement in place. A lot of times the house 
might just be a month or so away from being built. And at that point, um, the buyer's agency agreement, uh, you know, can come can come later. But uh, because most of the time, especially in the Midwest, again, uh, builders, they're they're more than willing to work with mm-hmm. agents. There's not very many builders in my area, at least that don't work with agents. Okay. So, but let me ask you this. I mean, what if you're talking about, you've got a buyer and maybe they want to build a custom home on a lot that they've either found already or that they're currently looking for, but it's not a lot that that builder currently owns. Are you also making those introductions as well? Absolutely. I, so one of the things um, that we leverage with our new construction is we, first of all, know what lots our current builders have. So we know how to direct the um, buyers and say, hey, here's the selection. Um, currently in our market, we don't have a, a huge amount of lot inventory. It's actually going to increase significantly. We've got some uh, new developments coming on. So we're planning accordingly. But as of right now, the builders all speak for the current lot. So consumers actually don't even have a shot uh, at uh, choosing a lot. They've got to choose a builder and then choose a lot that the builder currently owns. But that's going to shift here in the next probably six to six to 12 months here in our market, according to what, what our statistics say. And how are you figuring that out? Where are you getting those statistics and how are you determining that that's going to shift and what does that shift look like for you? You got to keep your ear to the ground. So we know, we know that they're, yeah. Planning meetings. um, We know that there's other phases and, and other subdivisions. We know some builders are moving out. Some hopefully new ones are, are deciding to increase. Uh, and I talk to developers, to be perfectly honest, on a regular basis. Just had a conversation about two weeks ago uh, with a developer. He knows that um, he's going to have an inventory of lots um, and and uh, wants us to market those lots with the, the excess lots that the builders don't take. So we're excited about that. Yeah, okay, I think one of the things that people need to understand is that builders talk to each other. They're all good old boys. They, <laughs> if you could have, yes, if you can have one builder fall in love with you, it is so much easier to get the second and the third and the fourth. So you've really just got to wine and dine them in a good old boy fashion with, you know, eggs and bacon for breakfast and coffee and donuts for their foreman. So um, if you can get in good with one, then keep that relationship going. And that's where you'll hear a lot of this stuff because they'll actually be calling you and asking you, who's the one that bought all those lots out there on North Street? And, and, you know, Mm -hmm. you can answer that. So if you, and be sure that you attend planning and zoning meetings, um, any city networking meetings, because your builders aren't going to be at the networking meetings, but the people that know what developments are coming up are going to be there. So if you can be their source of education for, for, um, what's going on, then it's, it, you have so much easier chance of getting your foot in the door. Well, and a good thing, um, to add to that too, is, you know, when buyers are calling and we're working on those conversions on buyers, let's be honest for, for resale listings, they have all the information right there on the internet for them. They've got square footage, they've got pictures, they've got, you know, Matterport walking through there. We have information that the, the general public does not have. And so you want to talk about leveraging some, some strength right there in that information. They're coming to us. Those buyers are coming to us because they know that we have that information that they don't have access to. It's huge. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that is huge. So let me ask you this, because one of the other strategies that I've heard that, you know, I, like we had a guy here in Washington a long time ago, uh, he would go out and he would buy up all the vacant land that he could and he would develop it. And then he would sell the finished lots to builders with the requirement that they list back with him. Now, the state mm-hmm. cracked down on that. They didn't like that. Uh, and I don't know how it is in your state, but our state was not fond of that method. They did not, they, you know, they felt like that was uh, not uh, ethical or in some way on his part. I don't know, you know, what the deal was, but at the end of the day, is that happening out there still? Is that a method that people are using to get a lot of this new construction? Or have you found that that really doesn't matter? Not in my area. So, so, so I do have a subdivision that I have exclusive right to sell in. Uh Um, and it's a smaller subdivision. We'll do, I don't know, 10 to 12, um, transactions, um, through the year, uh, in that, but all of it, all of it counts. And the, the story behind that was I stumbled across this little subdivision. I was actually um, building my own um, house with my husband and we uh, were looking for a rental and it was north of, north of a small town. And um, it basically looked like it was neglected. And, and I, I uh, was visiting with the rental property owner and he happened to be the developer out there. And I, and this was in 2014. And I'm like, what's going on with this development? I didn't even know this was here. Why isn't somebody marketing your subdivision? And the simple fact was he was told by a a relatively um, seasoned agent that it wasn't worth his time to market that. And so I just said, hey, you know, if you'll give me an opportunity to market this, I'll build this thing out for you. And we we had 18, 18 lots in that first phase and we built it out in a year. And, you know, I was paying special assessments. Um, you know, over, I'm going to say over $40,000 a year in special assessments since 2006, it was 2014. So because I did that and built that and took that off of his plate, we're now in phase three that we just opened up and got 27 lots in that. And you better believe we've got exclusive in there. I helped him out and, you know, I'm flexible when it comes to that. If there's going to be somebody that doesn't want to work with me, then you know what? I'll be flexible. Um, but that's only happened once, uh, to be perfectly honest. And for me, it's about the relationship. It's not that one transaction. So. So, and I don't have a problem with it. I think it's great to have an exclusive right to sell in there. And frankly, as long as it's okay with your, with your jurisdiction, I think that that's absolutely what you should be going for. So, okay. And Brian, you've been awfully quiet. My, I don't, I don't want to keep you from jumping in with your questions, but, but I'm interested in, go ahead. Did you have one now? No, go ahead. You're fine. Okay, so one of the questions that I've got is I want to know what are builders looking for nowadays? I remember back and it's been, you know, since back when we wrote uh, contracts on stone tablets that I actually worked with builders. But uh, but back then, back in the dark ages, uh, you know, I did a lot of consulting with the builder on actually what to put in the house. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Uh, in terms of, you know, what kind of finish work is hot right now? Are people looking for white painted millwork and white melamine cabinets? Or are they looking for cherry finish work? What are, what's hot right now? How big a deal is design from your standpoint? And, and again, let's assume that we're not talking about the massive national builders here. We're mm-hmm. talking about smaller local builders. So how big a deal is that knowledge and the ability to counsel them on that for you guys? 
You want to go or you want me to? I can either one. Go ahead. Kelly. Okay. So um, it's a huge deal. A lot of times, especially fairly new builders, they don't understand that, especially if you're building a spec home, you can't put the most expensive granite. You can't put the most expensive hardwood. You need to keep costs down because you're not going to be able to get more money out of that um, with, you know, certain homes, depending on the, on the price range, of course, but you have to really educate them on what finishes are super important to upgrade and what finishes don't matter at all to upgrade. So don't put R19 insulation in there because you're not going to get that extra cost out. Um, don't put two by six walls in there because you're not going to get the extra cost out. So you need to educate your builders on, on what's going to bring value in terms of the appraisal, what's going to get it sold quicker. And sometimes that's well, all the time. It's the finishes, um, but just make sure that you don't go overboard so they can't put archways in every single door access because that gets to be pretty pricey. And, and quite frankly, your house isn't going to get sold any any quicker or for any higher price. And you've just put a whole lot of money in there. Any more new construction, and I don't mean to like completely get off the tangent here, but new construction, man, the prices are going up and up and up and builders need to really understand um, where to cut costs because profit margins are decreasing, it seems like, um, continuously. Well, and they're, and they're not that great to begin with, it doesn't seem like. What's a typical builder make on a $300,000 house? No, our builders in our market try and make a 10% margin, ideally. That's not terrible. I mean, that's that's decent. That, I mean, that, it's, that, it's, that's try to, you know, if they've got days on market or made a mistake on, on their floor plan or selections, you know, that interest payment, uh, if, they're, if they've got a construction note, can eat that away really quickly. And going back to um, uh, buyers as well, if you've got a custom buyer, you really have to educate them and, and help them to understand that, um, if this house as a spec home is $300,000 and you want the exact same house built, you're going to get budgets for the finishes. You're going to get budgets for the fixtures. And most buyers will go about 20% over budget by nickeling and diming themselves to death. And so they need to be aware of that. And you really need to remind them of that and rein them in. Yeah. And as, as somebody who's in the middle, what's that? <laughs> I was just going to add to her selection or her um, comments in regards to knowing the market and, and the finish work. So we saw, oh, in the 2014, 2015 in, in the Midwest, I don't know if you saw this, Kelly, but we went from the, the taupey browns uh, and we transitioned finally to the gray tones and the white tones. Um, and you can see there are a lot of days on markets when the builders didn't make that shift in a timely manner. Uh, a lot of days on market on those old color schemes, those old floor plans. Um, and you just have to help your builders evolve by staying in constant communication. Hey, what floor plan are you putting where? What's that selection process look like? And I've got some builders that can knock it out of the park with very little input. And then I've got builders that, that need us holding their hands. So it's just, it just depends on what's going on. But just keeping that constant communication. And that's the other way that you show value, to be perfectly honest, is we're not there just to stick a sign in the yard and bring a buyer. We're there to help them grow their business. It's a reciprocating relationship. So, okay. So that brings up a very good, interesting question. So another thing that I used to do, not a lot, but with a handful of the builders that I worked with, uh, was actually coaching them, like literally coaching them on their business. Cause these guys, they might not, they, you know, they might be good at the, at the, at the construction side, but a lot of times on the business side and the customer service side, Sometimes they didn't know the head from a hole in the ground. Yeah. Sometimes so, they need to be spec builders only. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So did, are you guys doing a lot of consulting in that way? 
I definitely think that we're we're putting our two cents in. So for me, it's really important because we are a smaller market that that you're really good about your callbacks. So if you've got home warranty issues, you know, if if word gets around that you're not doing your callbacks, that is going to destroy your reputation. So it's really important that you stay on those type of things, and they know that. Um, and, and not having the, your realtor be the middleman on those things. It's got to be direct because we don't have any control. And so that's that's something and setting those expectations of those new construction buyers, you know, getting making sure they have the subcontractors list and knowing who they need to communicate through. Uh, but yeah, definitely, you know, they're not marketers, you know, they don't, they don't know how to sell. I've seen, and some of them are okay at it. I, I do have a couple of agents that um, have their builder's license that hang their license here with me at the brokerage. Uh, some of them are good, but some of them I'm like, oh, leave the sales piece to us, please. And just step out of the way and keep building. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the thing with builders, most of them anyways, they don't really care what goes on on our side. They just want it easy. Bring them an offer, make it as easy as possible. Don't ask a ton of questions. Don't be a pain in their butt. So just uh, bring them an offer and get out. They're they're easy. But then it's very rare when you find a builder that actually wants to understand every little thing. Really? Yeah. Well, okay, so let me ask you this. Are the, the builders in your area, are they networking with one another already? And if so, how are you getting in front of that? Or are you helping them to network and mastermind with one another? And, and really, I'm taking a page out of Thomas Stanley's uh, The Millionaire Next Door here. Uh, but I'm just, I'm curious, are you guys doing anything like that? Mine don't network together. I mean, they just show up at the famous or the favorite breakfast place together and drink coffee and eat their eggs at 7.30 in the morning before they head out on the job site. So they all know each other anyways. I'd say uh, they network to a point. They're competitors, though. Um, There's not a ton uh, of opportunity in in our business, so everybody wants to keep their, you know, stuff on the download. Now, they will go in other markets. Uh, and see what's going on, such as in Wichita or Kansas City, uh, and see what's going on in those markets to continue to evolve their business. So I, I do know that some of them do that. So the, the the builders from your market like to go to the big towns like Wichita to see what's going on there. I got it. Okay, that's good. That's good. All right, we're, we're going to go to the town. <laughs> you know, I got to tease you, dog. You have no idea how what my size of market is. It's it's very small, but we we kill it. Thank you very much. I'll tell you right now, Don's got a 50% market share on all 300 homes that sell in her market. <laughs> nice. Love it. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. So, all right. So we've established some of the things we need to do to kind of get these builders uh, and to, to kind of establish contact with them, to get them interested in working with us. What I'm curious about now is what are you doing to market these properties and how are you leveraging that to get other transactions outside that subdivision. Don, you go ahead. Um, well, we do several different things. Um, twice a year, we have the parade of homes that we all participate in, um, holding excess amount of new construction. That's all it is uh, in our area. And it's uh, we have one in the uh, summer and then one in the fall. Um, we just have a, uh, had a big builder's broker open where, where we held uh, two subdivisions open. Uh, and we do that. that what was, what were the results uh, on? Well, we had seven, we had seven new construction specs on that broker open. Um, and we started marketing it about a week ahead of time. And, and we had three of those go under, um, before we even had the brokers open. And I've been in Cabo and today's my first day back. Hi, Michael. Um, I do. I saw that we got 11 pending, but I don't know how many of those were the new construction. So we'll see. 
That's awesome. I've been in the office for about an hour and a half. <laughs> that's awesome. That's that's cool. Okay, so so you're doing so, but you're finding success in doing joint uh, brokers opens with other subdivisions nearby. Well, no, they were all ours. To be perfectly honest, they were all yours. So, okay. Yeah, they so were all our listings. What are you doing to drive traffic to these broker opens? And why? And and uh, let's just touch on this for a second because you know people. I always like to joke around, and uh, maybe it's maybe it's true, maybe it's not. But I always like to joke around that brokers opens are you know where all the broke agents go to get a free lunch, right? Yeah, <laughs> we're providing that. Yes, yeah. so we got a food truck out. It's more of a party. It's to get out and and show off the product. Um, to be perfectly honest, it's been a nasty uh, winter here in the Midwest, and and we lucked out the day that um, we had the brokers open. It was beautiful weather. People wanted to get out uh, and 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 out and about. And and yes, I agree. But um, we're also getting some some of the high producers coming through and looking at it and keeping keeping those those. Um, uh, listings front of mind for those top producers, super important. Okay. So that's interesting. And by the way, I can see now why you were in Cabo. Uh, so, <laughs> so tell me that. So how frequent, well, first of all, what do you do with these things, these brokers opens? Like what is it that really drives traffic to them? And then how frequently do you hold them? Because I'm, I'm guessing too often diminishes the return. It and, does. And there's, there's gotta be a frequency kind of magic number. So first of all, what are you doing to drive traffic? Well, first of all, they're also for recruiting purposes and networking purposes. So let's be honest here. You know, there, there's all kinds of diversity in the strategy that we're using. So, um, you know, we're driving it. We, we've got a food truck um, and, it's, and it's a lot of fun. Um, we're, we're posting on Facebook just about our culture and just being around each other and having a chance to take a breath outside of the office and, and talk about what's going on either in the market or just in people's lives. It's something that we, we all don't take enough time to do. So, I mean, we, we say it's a broker's open. It's really kind of a party in the middle of the day. And that's kind of how we market it, to be honest. Love it. <laughs> okay. So, and, and by the way, it's recruiting to I don't know. And by the way, Don, you're going to have to turn down the speaker volume on your computer just a little bit. We're getting some echo on your speaker there. Um, but I don't think enough people look at broker opens as an opportunity for recruiting as they should, uh, because it really is a great opportunity for recruiting. And again, let's just say for the sake of argument that it is a bunch of broke agents showing up to get a free lunch. Well, Hey, no problem. Tell you what broke agent, we're going to give you free lunch all the time. You want more of this food truck stuff? Come join our team. We'll make sure we hook you up all the time and you won't be broke anymore because we're going to teach you how to actually make some freaking money for a change. So I love it. I think it's great. So have you had some success using that as a recruiting tool? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's huge. Uh, and so, Kelly, are you doing the same thing? Are you doing broker opens for your builders? I do not. We just hold open houses every weekend, a ton mm -hmm. of them. And then I have a layout of, <clears throat> if it's a builder that has maybe three or four different floor plans, I have a layout of all the floor plans. Um, most of the time they have a subdivision of a bunch of empty houses. So I make sure that we are aware of what's all the houses are going for, whether or not they're listed, because a lot of times, uh, if they just broke ground, then the house isn't even listed yet. So, um, that's what we do. Just hold the houses open, have information on all the floor plans, all the prices, um, there and let them know, you know, the house across the street's going to be the, 
whatever floor plan, you know, this four, three floor plan and this house over here is going to be the two ones. So we kind of hold it open, like similar to a model home. We don't do model homes in this area, but it's similar to a model home. So we just make sure that we have a um, open house every single weekend, especially on the nice weekends, because we have had a terrible winter. Um, and we just make sure that we always have a house that can be held open. Even if it's under contract, we'll still hold it open. A lot of times here, they go quicker than, I don't know if you guys are having the same thing, but man, these houses, they, I haven't even listed one yet. I have a full price offer on it today. It's not even been listed yet just because the, the house next door went real quick. So so uh, that brings up a big question for me in terms of a lot of stuff. Like in Seattle, they expect somebody to be on site all the time. Like they want, you know, they want a site agent there seven days a week. Uh, now, obviously, that depends on the size of the subdivision and all that. But are you guys doing any of that in the Midwest? Or is it just like, dude, like we hang a sign out there and you know, give us a call. We'll go sell it. So for, for us, we do the same thing. We're in, a, we're in the open houses um, every weekend. And then we market the, the crud out of all of them, to be perfectly honest. So we've got different marketing platforms. Um, we do use our coming soon uh, campaign or for off market um, or upcoming. And then it's really just important in those open houses to have all of the off market information when those buyers are coming in, because that's that's how you can hook them to be perfect. And a lot of times... <laughs> Contractors are working on site, so the houses are open all day long. You'd yeah, be surprised at how many buyers will just drive through the subdivision and then just walk into a house that doesn't have a garage door on it yet. Mm-hmm. Okay, so <laughs> I love where you're headed with this. Oh, let me let me ask you some. I want to talk about some special things that you may or may not be doing for these builders. Uh, as an example, you guys are either one of you running a contingency program where, so let's say somebody comes in, they want to buy a house from this builder on contingency. Are you doing any kind of a guarantee, a, a contingency guarantee, or anything like that? We do. We've also bought a few houses where we'll okay, buy so them from the buyer. The guarantee. Tell, tell us exactly what you're doing and how that's helping you get the listing. Well, we'll guarantee that if we haven't if it hasn't been sold in 90 days, then we'll just buy it from them and then we'll turn around and relist it. And so obviously you're buying it at a price where that makes sense for you, right? Absolutely. Yeah, because most houses around here are going to be done four to five months. So if they if it hasn't sold by, you know, within a month or so of the house being done, then we'll buy it from them. And they would you'd be amazed. They get so excited to get into this new house that they've st- built from scratch. I mean, they're they're just ecstatic that we're able to do that. Well, and that becomes more important to them than do they, do I get every dime out of my house right now? What I want is I want to get into my new house. That's more important to me than eking every cent out of the existing house. Absolutely. Okay. This is good. And by the way, I apologize. I haven't been looking at the questions. Those of you that have questions for these guys, uh, take a look at Dana Faircloth is, uh, is in watching and uh, I do see we have a whole bunch of people watching, but if you guys have questions, type them into the comments on your screen and uh, we'll get to them as quickly as we can. I'm just adding, I'm, I'm inviting people to watch as, as frantically as I can here. Um, okay. So good stuff so far, Brian, you've been so quiet. I can't, I'm like, seriously, you are the quietest co-host on the planet. So talk to us. Give us a question. Ask what's important to you. What do you want to know about this? So I want to know this because, and and please don't take this the wrong way, but I feel like both of you are very established. And my guess is, is that there's some people on this call who are going, who are having this conversation in their head. That sounds awesome, but I don't have anybody. I don't, I can't get in the door. I can't do this. So I can tell you one of the ways that we tried to get in the door and it's working. It's a slower process is 
when you bring a builder who's a spec, most of the builders nowadays are spec builders slash custom builders. Mm -hmm. So, you know, for me, one of the things the builder said to me when I've been talking to him is, well, bring us some buyers, bring us some buyers. So my question for you is, have you met with any of these potential builders or these builders and said to them, what can we do to market your houses, even though I'm not the listing agent? What can I do to list to, to market your houses? And have you come up with anything along those lines? I have not. That's actually a really great idea. I have not um, had the need to do that. Okay. Don? I've entertained it a couple of different times on a, on a builder that um, has a pretty solid relationship uh, with another brokerage here in town. And I honestly got sidetracked because my other relationships grew and this one did not. So I had had a plan in place that I presented say, saying, hey, you know, before you list with this other brokerage, give us opportunity to market your off-market spec. And um, we never, never took it to the next level, uh, to be perfectly honest, because the other relationships grew. Okay. And That's a good I problem. Yeah. So going so back to that, Brian. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, no, here's my next question. What type of incentives are you offering buyers to work with you in new construction? And what I mean by that is, if it, are you advertising anything? Because one of the things that, that we've tried and it, and it works is we've got a new construction buyer program. We'll give you X, Y, Z if you work with our company. And why am I doing that? Because to your point, I need new construction buyers. Yes, I'd love to get a full pop on them, but if I bring a builder four or five, you know, four or five, six, ten buyers in a given year, all of a sudden I'm somebody that they care about. They know that I can develop those relationships. So, you know, have you built any new construction buyer program, regardless of whether they're buying a spec or whether they're buying someone from one of your builders, but just a new builder buyer, a new buyer? a new construction uh, buyer program, I guess, is my question. So if I, I have focused all of my advertising more towards the builders themselves and the sellers and not necessarily gone through it the back way through the buyers. That's okay. how I've been able to do it. Okay. Are you offering any incentives to the to the builder? So if I go and meet with the builder and okay. you know everyone else is doing the same thing, yeah, we, we, we put it pictures and we put it in the MLS, we do this. Are you offering anything that's unique that, you know, if I'm sitting in front of a builder, I go, yeah, those, that's great that those people are doing this, but I'm going to do this, 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 and this on top of whatever else is doing. Give me a shot. Because I really feel like there's a lot of people out there who would be great working with builders, but they just don't know how to get in the door and they're sick of this other person. And then my final question is, where does agency fall? So I've had this different discussion a lot of times. You know, you hear people, don't cross my sign, that's my builder. Well, unless you have an eternal document signed with them that they will never, ever, ever work with anybody else, you know, a lot of people look at it and go, well, Bob Smith represents, you know, Sue, Sue Jones, who's the builder, and I'm not going to go talk to Sue Jones because Bob, Bob Smith is that guy. But you know what the reality is? is agency, at least in my state, is transaction to transaction. Mm -hmm. It's not universal um, seller agency for anything. So I guess, you know, talk to about that. Like when you went out and talked to these builders for the first time who clearly were listing their houses with other people, what did you do to get in? And, you know, what were some of the things that you offered? What was unique about it? And how did you, how did you make those introductions? Well, f for me, it, it was simply 
you know, introducing them to the concept of my team, to be perfectly honest, we have a bunch of solo agents or um, agents um, or brokers that are still in high productions. And, and, and again, in my market, uh, a lot of family owned brokerages. Uh, so for me, bringing the team concept that we're going to have an entire team representing you and keeping you front of mind. And we've got in amongst that team, we have X number of buyers, you know, per year. Uh, and our database is this large, you know, we are saying things to them and providing so much more value than, than other just solo agents can. It's, it's kind of a no brainer for them to, Hey, at least continue the conversation because we have such a buyer pool, to be honest. So I've gone about it a little bit different. So I'll set up business plans. Um, that's what I've done is set up business plans, which might include after you develop the relationship with the builder again, which is a lot of times just going on site and previewing the homes, introducing yourself to the builder, bringing them coffee or donuts or uh, the foreman. If you can make the foreman happy, that's a really, really good thing too, because they're kind of like the, the ones in charge without being in charge. So if you can find out who's in charge sitting there on site and bossing everybody around, that's a person that you want to get to know too. Um, and then you just, uh, when you start to develop those relationships, which takes a while, I mean, uh, getting builders isn't going to happen overnight. It's just not. So you've really got to get that into your mind. But once it happens one time, it is extremely uh, it, it's quick moving. Um, but if you bring them a business plan and that business plan might include, listen, I will create your builder's warranty. I will make sure that the buyer has that, um, at closing. I will make sure they have all the CCRs at closing. I will, um, be the one to deliver the keys and give them the garage door code. So the builder doesn't necessarily have to be there. Cause a lot of times builders will sign off on a house, maybe two days before the buyers do just because that's when they can squeeze it into their day and, um, close on their side of it. So knowing that you will be there, you'll give all of the documentation to the buyers uh, um, for them. You will explain everything to them. Um, it, it's really bringing that kind of value and just making sure that he knows that you're going to make it as easy as possible. Um, if you're working with builders that do spec homes or I'm sorry, not specs, but customs, or maybe specs to the point of a certain degree and then customs on top of that. Well, if they upgrade, you know, let's make it to where it's a set amount. And then you actually have an Excel spreadsheet, which says if they go with this floor plan instead of this one, it's going to cost them $20,000 more. If they go with this hardwood instead of this one, because most of the time these builders, they just say, oh, go to Lowe's or Home Depot and pick out what hardwood you want and try to leave it under $2 a square foot. Well, that gives them so many opportunities and the builders are going crazy. So you need to narrow that down and say, listen, here's your options. You have five different hardwoods to pick from, and these two are included in the price, but these three are going to cost extra money. And if you can figure these out, if you want to add a fireplace into the basement, it's going to cost you $10,000 more. If you can figure out these prices for them, it's going to be so much easier. So then all they have to do is just show up to closing because you've already got all the numbers figured out for them. You're not calling the builder every time that somebody wants to upgrade to a stone fireplace. Um, you've already got that number in your head. And so if you can present and kind of package this um, and say, these are some of the things that I could bring to the table to make your life easier. Um, they're just, you know, take them to breakfast one day and talk to them about that. And you would be amazed at how much they're like, wow, that is so much easier. My current agent calls me every time that they want to add, um, you know, two inch thick uh, trim instead of my traditional one inch or, you know, whatever it might be, but um, just try to make things as easy as possible. 
It's really interesting to me that you guys are doing that in your markets because like in Seattle, that would never happen. Like the builders here, they all have that in-house already. And so if, and if you don't, it's really hard as a builder to compete if you don't already have the selections in-house. A lot of times the smaller builders, it's their spouse that's kind of got that all dialed in or whatever, but it's not something they're expecting the agent to do. So it's interesting to me to hear that that's an expectation um, and, and, or, you know, a value add that you can provide, uh, particularly in the Midwest. That's awesome. Um, so, okay. So it's, I want to know, and actually, uh, who's asking this? Somebody's asking this. Uh, oh, it was uh, Doris Ostrander was asking, talk to us about commission structure. I mean, all this stuff you're doing, what is, you know, what, what are you charging the builders for this? What's typical out there? Um, now, obviously we don't want to get into, you know, price fixing or anything like that, obviously, but I'm just, I'm just curious as to what are typical commission rates uh, paid to the listing agent on new construction and what are the expectations that they've got when, when paying that? So, so ours are a little bit less than our resale listing, but not significant. We're competitive. Um, and so for that, we stay pretty consistent. And as long as we're doing our job and keeping our days on market where we need to, to keep them, the builders continue to want to do business with us. We have streamlined our process to make it stress-free uh, as well and get them to the finish line quickly so they can start on their next project. And I mean, that's what it's all about. And um, Brian, back to your, Hey, how does we got, we're established. There was a point I was not established. There was a point I, I came into Manhattan, Kansas, not knowing anything, not knowing about real estate, not knowing about new construction. You've got to, to learn the process itself. You go talk to a builder. You don't know the construction process, the different phases of construction, the timeframes of construction, construction and the scheduling of it, you're, you're not going to have an educated conversation and they're going to know that you would want to stick a sign in the yard and, and call it a day. Get educated on the process so you can have a, a detailed, in-depth conversation and get really um, involved in what they want to do with their business and their overall goals. And that's how you'll make a, a connection. Okay, so let's back up on that then. So in terms of, you know, brand new agent or newer agent, uh, and I want to get familiar with that process, seems to me like a really good way to do that is to offer to sit site or hold open houses on new mm -hmm. construction listings. Just go out there. And while you're out there learning, right, so you're, you're holding an open house, you've got at-bats, you've got great opportunity to make some income, but at the same time, and in your downtime, when there's nobody out there, you could be talking to the soup, you could be talking to, you know, whoever to, to learn about more on that process and really dial that in. And it wouldn't take very long to really have a good understanding of it, would it? And bring no, your buyers. it doesn't take long at all. I actually went down to a CRS um, class before I got into new construction, and it was a two or three day class of the different phases, and it helped tremendously. I'm like, I didn't have a clue. You know, I didn't grow up in, in that construction um or in the in the phases of construction, but I went and learned. And so, yeah, I, I'm going to be able to speak a lot more educated than, you know, most of the solo agents that I work here, just because I'm, I'm going to put forth that effort and I'm going to learn. Yeah, I completely agree. And another, another way to do that is just bring the buyers because you will learn so much whenever they're wondering, because the buyers are going to be like, when's the frame going up? When are we going to get a roof? When is the concrete going to be poured? When are we going to get a driveway? And you got to call the other agent. You got to ask all this. Trust me, you'll learn real quick what the process is because buyers, especially customs, they, you will work super hard for them. Yeah. Customs are a lot harder than specs. 
Well, and what, what I'm hearing is you don't have to go into this with an uber amount of knowledge, and it's not mm-hmm. really hard to pick it up fairly quickly. Um, and and you, while you're learning, you can be earning, right? Mm-hmm. You can, and, and so, and the other thing that I'm hearing that or that you mentioned, Don, that really kind of hit me like ton of bricks is you're not you're not cutting your commission to get new construction listings. Now, I'm assuming you know if it was a 200 you know lot subdivision. You know, you're probably doing it at some kind of a discounted rate, but but for a typical uh, subdivision, you know, of you know what you know, 18, 20, 40 homes or whatever, um, you know, you're charging what you would normally charge a seller, and mm-hmm. and and you're getting a little bit of an extra because you got some more some more inventory you can sell. Um, but then back to what you said, Kelly, when when you talk about bringing the buyers, what about this? What about like when you're doing your buyer your your, your initial buyer consultations? Are, do you ever do those? Like if you've got retail buyers that come in from other sources, do you ever just do those out at a new construction site because you just happen to be there? Oh, I haven't done it out then. If they're question, if they're uh, interested in new construction, then I take them out there and then we walk through, and that's where we talk to the foreman on site or contractor or whomever. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I haven't done the initial consultation, um, just talking to them. Most of the time they know if they want new construction or not, they're already driving through the neighborhoods. They've probably already done their own research prior to even coming talking to you. Okay. And so what other, okay, let's, let's, let's back up. And Brian, if you've got any other questions, jump in. I can. <laughs> well, and here's the question that I, that I'm asking that I, and, and maybe you don't have an answer for it, but what I'm trying to figure out in, in, in part, part of this is I'd love to figure this out for myself. We're working on it is what are you doing to make buyers and sellers believe that you are the new construction expert in your market? And maybe you're not doing anything. And, and obviously you guys are having tons of success and I, and I applaud you for that. I just wonder, and again, I'm going back to, to your point, Don, I know that I have no doubt in my mind that you busted your butt getting to where you're at. But what I'm trying to get to is I'm a, I'm another agent who wants to bust my butt. Is there anything you can do to, to make yourself, oh, that's the new Don. How do we know who's Don? Don's the new construction person. Whether I'm buying from this builder, that builder, but because here's the thing I feel like a lot of people miss. Everybody wants sellers. The best way to get sellers in my world is to control the buyers mm-hmm. and now wants you because I, I want to hire Dawn because she's got all the buyers and, mm-hmm. and maybe you're not doing anything like that. And maybe, maybe, maybe that's not your approach. I'm just wondering if you have anything like that. I've got new construction programs where I give them work with our lender, do this, and then you're going to get $1,500 that, that you can use to buy a fridge, to buy a fence, to, to do things like that. Cause I want those new construction buyers. For me, one of the beauties of new construction buyers is they're always, for me, probably 20 to 30% above my average sales price. Mm-hmm. Most of the stuff we sell is resale. But mm-hmm. when I'm getting new construction, there's no $150,000 new construction in my market. My average sales price is 209. If I'm selling new construction, I'm selling three, 350, 400. Mm-hmm. And so I've got room to take that money and use it someplace else. That doesn't mean I want to give all my commission away for anyone listening, but it's marketing dollars. And I'm just wondering if you're doing anything along those lines. Well, for us, our MLS allows us to brand our photos. Uh, so my photo is on, it's on a branding bar on all of our new construction listings. Um, so you can see, you know, X amount of photos with my list or with my name or the team's name um, that, and when you're scrolling through realtor.com, you're going to see me. Uh, our MLS allows that. So I, I branded branded those photos. And when you're looking at new construction, you're going to see me. 
Okay. So we're not allowed to do that. Um, we're not allowed to do that either. That's kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> we are not. Um, a few different things that you can do. You can create, especially if you have a builder that's working a certain subdivision, you can create a neighborhood Facebook page um, and uh, get involved there. You can get involved in the HOA and just be the the, the uh, real estate agent that shows up to all the HOA meetings with donuts and coffee. Um, and then create your own Facebook page. One of the things that we're going to start just this year, we haven't started it yet, is actually Facebook living or YouTubing or just recording the stages of new construction. Um, so I have a builder that's going to let me go into one of the higher end um, subdivisions and start it from breaking ground to framing to roofing and just going through all those stages. Um, so that's one of the things that when the weather warms up a little bit that we're going to start working on this year. And that's going to help, too, because when people are seeing us on Facebook Live, um, just branding ourselves as here's what it's like to build a home. And then that's going to drive the buyers to us. All right. Well, I'm going to I'm going to cheat a little bit and no one knows I'm going to do this, but I'm going to put something in um, in the chat. And anyone who wants to try it, and y'all are welcome to steal this if you want. But basically, I've got an autoresponder set up for um, a new construction home that I took to a builder and said, look, we're going to put this sign in your front yard. You're going to be able to, to, when people drive by, if they want, because our builders are offering special things. Like one of the builders offers $5,000 in upgrades. And they built that. They they cooked that in the price. We all know that. But nonetheless, the agents who were working for them, this is a builder who builds a couple hundred homes a year. They've got five or six agents who are marketing stuff to them. No one was doing anything like that. So if anyone's interested, I put it in the comments. But it's basically an autoresponder that, that shows some of the benefits of working with this builder. And it's kind of a cool thing. And feel free to steal whatever you want to do and i'm happy to talk offline to anybody who's like okay that's really great brian but i don't know how to do that happy to talk about how to do that but it's a really cool thing to be able to show a builder if i'm getting in front of them what are you doing well i've got this really cool tool um so anyway i, I put it in there you can text it my phone will probably blow up and i'll regret doing that but um nonetheless <laughs> there's not a responder in there and it's something i've built for a new construction client that i'm working on trying to land so that is an awesome idea brian yeah you're using your, I'm assuming, a call action number for that? That is a call action number. Yep. Yeah, shout out to Jesse. Love That's it. That's a love it. my coach. <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. Okay. <laughs> so let me just ask you this. Those of you that are watching right now, do me a favor. Type into your screen. Uh, if you're like, if you're doing new construction, type in, uh, I do new construction frequently, or I do new construction rarely, or I don't do any new construction currently. Uh, I'd really be interested to see kind of, you know, where you guys are at and how much of, uh, of this you're doing, um, you know, kind of give us an idea of where everybody's at. That being said, uh, we've just got a few minutes left. So what I'd like to do is, uh, Kelly and Don, what, if you could go back in time 10 years and talk to 10 years ago, you, what would you tell you about new construction that you wish you knew then that you know now? Go learn as soon as you can. Don't, don't wait, you know, go execute. See, that, that's the whole thing. Everybody worries about, you know, disclosing what your secret sauce is. The bottom line is there, there's only going to be a handful of us that go execute. And that's the bottom line. You've got to execute whatever your plan is, whatever your niche is, you've got to go execute. Don't wait. Love it. Love it. That, that one's hard for me. I grew up and my, my father's been a builder ever since I can remember. So the, so 10 years ago, the 10 years ago, me is still the same, but uh, I agree with what Don said, boots to the ground, get in there, walk the subdivisions, get to know the builders, 
just seriously, you're going to see new construction. You're out there on Monday afternoon on a beautiful day. There's the place is going to be booming. Just walk through, walk through the floor plans. You'll see the different stages of construction. You'll meet the plumbers. You'll meet the electricians. Ask questions if you want to. They're more than happy to stop and uh, st <laughs> stop and chat with you. Um, just walk through, just boots to the ground. That's about all you can do. So, one, you know, one of the things that I've kind of been thinking as you guys are talking about that is that, you know, it's kind of like high school, right? When you've got that guy or that girl that you really want to ask out, but you're kind of afraid to ask them out because you're like, you know, are they really out of my league? <laughs> you know, whatever. And and it, it's funny because you always see that, the, you know, the, the goofiest people end up, you know, asking out this person that you thought you were going to ask out. You just never got up the courage. And then all of a sudden they're, they're dating and you're like, wait a minute, what just happened here? And it's the same thing with these builders, right? Like if you don't ask, you don't get, you got to be unafraid to go ask for the business. You got to be unafraid to go meet these people. You've got to be unafraid to just take the bull by the horns and get told no once in a while. Cause you know, what's the worst thing that's going to happen. They're going to tell you to go pound sand who freaking cares. Right. right. I mean, at least I had a shot at it and guess what? Half the time, or at least a good, you know, a, a percentage of the time, if I ask often enough, and even if they give me a no in the beginning, if I keep asking over a long period of time, there's a decent chance I may get an at-bat with this one and, and get my chance to show them what a great job I'll do. And that's where you really got to over-deliver so that you're showing them, look, I'm going to take better care of you than anybody else out there. Uh, and so I love it, guys. Thank you very, very much for that. Brian, we've got one minute left, and we've got a question specifically for you from Gabrielle. She asks, uh, I do you do construction? Her. What's that? I PM'd her. <laughs> okay, so much. tell us all the answer, though. He's, she well, says, I do new construction a, frequently. However, I'd like Brian to elaborate on his new construction club. It's 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 probably a longer answer, but base, and that's why I was <laughs> saying that. But ultimately, what I'm doing is I've got a program, and I advertise it on Facebook, and I'll advertise it different places. And you can, and it's not a club. It's basically a lead magnet is what it is. Uh, ultimately, what we're doing is saying, hey, buy a new construction house with us and you get these benefits and that's on the buy side so we will represent you as a buyer you buy a new construction house and and it scales based on the price so the higher the price goes the more the more financial benefit we give you and again we use that stuff to buy things like refrigerators washers dryers fences upgrades someone wants to go from engineered hardwood to real hardwood and that's going to cost three grand that's what you can use that money for and again for us i'm willing to do, I'm willing to give you three grand if you're buying a $500,000 house. I had a $15,000 commission and I got you because of that. So I look at those things as people look at well, you're cutting your commission. I'm looking at it. I'm doing a marketing loss and not a cut my commission. It's not like I'm saying you only have to pay two and a half percent commission. I'm saying what you have, to, what you'll do if you work with us for new construction, you'll get this. My idea is the majority of the people in our market. I would like them to work with us for new construction. And then once I have all the buyers, then I can, then I can turn around and say, look, I, I generate five to six to 10 to 15, 20 new construction buyers a month. Don't you think you should work with me? Mm -hmm. uh, ultimately at the end of the day, and this is something I think we forget as real estate agents, there's only one thing a, a seller really wants and that's a buyer. So yeah. I love it. That's fantastic. And what a great note to end on. So everybody, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. We know you guys are busy and it's really awesome that you take time out of your busy schedules, especially when you come back from Cabo and you've only been back for an hour and, uh, and you jump right on a webinar. We Anything for you, Michael. Anything for you. <laughs>
That's awesome. And by the way, I saw your really big fish. That was pretty cool. So I know pretty awesome. 91 inches or some crazy thing. It was awesome. Anyway, that being said, everybody, thank you for being on and everybody that's watching. Thank you. Don't forget to reach out when you guys are ready to build your team, reach out to wise hire. Uh, they sponsor these shows for us. We use wise hire in house all the time. Uh, and, uh, there, we get a discount for you guys on wise hire. You go to cl- uh, wisehire.com forward slash club wealth and, uh, or clubwealth.com forward slash wise hire. That's wise with a Z. And, uh, they do a great job recruiting for us. We love them. And, uh, so check them out and we'll see you next time on, Cl- on club Wealth tv thanks guys bye, bye guys. guys thanks everybody